37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. One sunny afternoon on the island of Alua, Chile, back in 1950, a seven-year-old Adolfo Calberanahue went out to gather firewood in the forest, when after several hours he failed to return home. For several days, family and neighbors searched the forest and the woods on the island, with no luck finding the boy. During his disappearance, there was a torrential downpour on the island and dangerously low temperatures accompanying this bizarre rainstorm. Finally, on the third day of his disappearance, Adolfo suddenly reappeared and was discovered in a neighbor's backyard on top of a dirt mound in a strange daze. The boy said he couldn't remember where he had been. All he could recall was that one minute he was gathering wood and the next several odd-looking men appeared and took him away. His parents believed that he had been taken by a group of cave-dwelling sorcerers. Fifteen years later, in Litchfield, New Hampshire, a group of five children who were staying the weekend at their aunt's house all experienced something peculiar. In the middle of the night, all children woke up to a strange red mist filling the bedroom where they slept. Intrigued by the strange mist, one of the children a seven-year-old girl, rose out of bed and went to the window. There, she was met with a strange creature that she said had large black oval-shaped eyes, a large head, and thin arms. Her next memory was standing under a large disc-shaped craft next to her cousin. The two children were taken on board a ship, paralyzed and then placed on a metallic table. Then, an entity performed a medical procedure on the girl's lower body with a strange pencil-shaped instrument that had a small ball on the end of it. After this, the two were returned to the yard, where the remaining three children witnessed the abduction and the return of their two cousins. They retold the story to their aunt the next morning, but they were quickly dismissed as simply telling a child's fantasy. What do these two stories have in common? We'll answer this question and many more in the exciting conclusion of Thieves in the Night Part 3, A Global Phenomenon. Folks, it's finally here. After episode 90 and episode 94, here we are, episode 108, and we're getting back to Thieves in the Night. Holy shit. The moment <laughs> I never thought would happen. No one did. <laughs> Me neither. Hell yeah. Yeah, we're going to get back at it and finally put the last nail in the coffin on this. Hey, you and, know what, though? We have, we're we doing better than the band Tool, so it took them 13 years to release a new album. It only took us like 13 episodes to do Thieves in the Night Part 3. So That's true, and our cover art will be more timely than theirs. It looks like they made it MS Paint <laughs> Boom! back in 1994. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at that, more. folks. Here we are. Here we are. Um, I think we should make a quick disclaimer. We may have to stop recording if this storm that's on its way uh, from western Kansas gets too bad and we lose connection. 
Well, I'm a meteorologist so. over here. My name's Sean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I when I took my dog out earlier to pee, and then I myself was peeing in one of our box bushes or behind <gasps> one of our box bushes. In uh, public, I did notice. The, oh, you savage! Is it public if it's behind a bush? Yeah. Put your dick in the bush. Wow. <laughs> no, there's a lot of lightning uh, out to the west, and we are under a huge, uh, severe storm warning. So we may have to pause and then finish uh, recording tomorrow night, in which case, uh, if that happens, then the episode will come out on Thursday. If you're listening on Wednesday, then the storm wasn't that bad. Otherwise, we were a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, let's not waste any time, because I feel like this is going to be a, a pretty lengthy episode. Do you like how I did that? I didn't say this is going to be a long one, because that's low-hanging fruit for you guys. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, Preston, why don't you start things off, buddy, and hit us with some uh, some news. All right. Keep my intro. When the facts don't matter. You are fake news. Now, um, <laughs> since last episode's fake news went so well, I decided that uh, we're going to go into this blind again, and uh, <laughs> I picked three random articles, and uh, Sean, I, I want you to go first, and I want you to pick between one and three. Okay, I'm just picking a number, right? One, two, or three? Yeah. Seven. I'm going to go with lucky number three. All right, well... Elderly couple accidentally burns down house during sex game involving W World War II flamethrower. Flagenwaffen. Flammenwaffer. And this ha- took place in Sand Springs, Oklahoma. A couple's sexual game turned horribly wrong as they accidentally burned down their house to the ground with a 75-year-old flamethrower. Firefighters were called to the site around 11.15 in the morning after receiving an unusual phone call but cannot do nothing to save the 45-year-old house from being a total loss. Nancy Brown, the 911 operator who answered the call from 96-year-old Maurice Fogarty, Jesus Christ, dude, you're old, says (laughs) she first thought she was dealing with pranksters when he told her he had torched the house with napalm while having sex with his wife. He told me he was penetrating his wife with M1 as usual, but got too excited and activated the flame. What? It's ridiculous. Uh, Mrs. Brown says the explanation shocked her for a moment and then took her almost and it took her almost a minute to actually realize it was true. He kept repeating everything was burning and I could hear his wife screaming behind, but I still couldn't believe this could be real. Mr. Fogarty and his wife were transported to a hospital to be treated for psychological shock caused by the event, but otherwise were uninjured. They shouldn't face any criminal charges, but uh, may have problems when it comes to claiming their insurance policies as damage caused by the use of weapons during sex games is rarely covered. A case involving a Gatling gun in 2004 and another involving a rocket launcher in 2011 <laughs> made their way to court, but in both cases, the insurance companies didn't have to pay anything to the claimants. Wow. It's like Orange New wow. Black says, anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. That's right. <laughs> Damn. Oh. Is this a dangerous game we're playing? All right, Steve, it's your turn. My turn. One or two. Um, one or two. Which one Sean pick again? I picked three, well, so you have to choose between one and two. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah, you did, you did say that. One. Oh. 
Texas man admits kidnapping 79 people to anally probe them while disguised as an alien. El Paso, Texas man who was arrested by FBI yesterday has confessed to kidnapping and sexually assaulting several dozens of people while using costume drugs and special effects to have his victims believe they have been abducted by aliens. 73-year-old Arnold White was arrested after a joint investigation led by Federal Bureau of Investigations, the El Paso Sheriff's Office, and El Paso Police Department. Originally interrogated for four crimes committed in the region in the 90s, the retired trucker confessed to a total of 79 kidnappings across California, Nevada, New Mexico, and Texas over a 40-year period. Mr. White confessed to using a mix of hallucinatory drugs containing LSD, PCP, to subdue his victims before approaching them and carrying them inside his truck to assault them. In order to confuse the victims even more, he had set up the inside of his truck to look like an operating room and would wear an alien costume. And I'm not going to read the rest of this. Uh, he chose victims who were gullible and might fall for his traps. Several of the victims uh, were actually UFO investigators he found hanging out in Area 51 or Roswell. Jesus. So, Jesus. Okay, so for one thing. Okay, fine, Steve. Yeah. You twisted my finger. He would insert fingers and objects into various body cavities. He had created his own sex toys designed to look like alien tools and medical instruments. That's insane. So, all jokes aside, so these articles you're getting off of a fake news site. This is loosely uh -huh. based off of something that really happened. There was I think there so. was a guy going around doing this. They covered it on Criminal Minds as well. And they're they're probably very common if you think about it. And not not to leave you all hanging with low hanging fruit. I'm gonna give you a tease of the third article that you all missed out on. Man gets his third testicle removed and discovered it was his dead Siamese brother. Damn. I I have like a skin tag on the on my left side of my neck, and I call it my my uh my twin fetus. There you go. Because it's like really Ew. big, and like I pull on it, and I just like pull yeah. really hard. People are like, "Oh, what is that thing?" And I'm like, "It's a fetus." So we might cover that one on next episode. Yeah. You want to cover you want to cover this fetus on the side of my neck? That's what you want to cover? No, I'm talking about the Siamese <laughs> guy that lost his third testicle. Oh, okay. I thought you were said you were wanted to interview my fetus on the side of my. No, neck. we could do that too. <laughs> Quito or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, that uh, is that story reminiscent, Steve, of David Parker Ray, the uh, toy box killer. It could be. It's a little bit about. I know that because like I've I've heard of, um, you know, people saying that oh, I've been abducted by aliens, blah blah. Like that's very common in uh -huh. in some sexual abuse cases because they're like, I was abducted. These tests were done on me. I mean, they've covered in a lot of media over the years. And I, I bet crazy. you that that's like a, a way for a pervert to do the deed if you wanted to, like, I mean, to convince somebody that, especially if they're, especially of mixing the, the hallucinogen with it. I mean, could you, ugh, I couldn't even imagine. But yeah, yeah, that was like, and what's, that, that was definitely an episode on Criminal Minds. And I mean, the government and then, su and, supposedly did that uh, during uh, all the tests for whatever that one project was when they gaslighted people, they would like get them high on LSD. When they make them think they're yeah. being abducted by aliens to kind of erase their mind and brainwash them. So, yeah. yeah. Give them a, a fake screen memory or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, false yeah. memory syndrome. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that'll kind of loosely tie into uh, the, the latter half of this episode. Ooh. Aliens and abduction scenarios and whatnot. So, interesting. <laughs> well, okay, so let's kind of, let's bridge the gap from the fake news to real news. 
And Steve, you tell us a little bit about uh, some current events because they do loosely uh, straddle both sides. Yeah. So, I, I mean, as everybody's listening now, you've obviously heard of the multi-billionaire guy uh, Epstein has officially been declared dead by hanging of, him, of his own self, inflicted harm to himself, so to speak. Um, when the news first broke, you know, damage control right out of the gate is really hard hard to do because this guy is being accused of lots and lots of like human trafficking and you know greasy sex shit and just a fucking full-blown predator he had a lot of he has a lot of ties to every every political every major fucking i mean he's shooken hands with so many people it gets crazy all the investments and business partners and other rich moguls and he owns like what, like an island or some shit, and yeah. they just raided it today, which it's like you really waited that long to do this. Pretty sure everything's right. gone that you, that you they didn't want there. So like the whole the whole thing is like really weird conspiracy style. Like you know, a lot of people are running with the Clintons did it. There's people saying you know Trump Trump did it because they were looking into this and that. And it's, it's just it's really crazy to see Prince Adam. Cons- Don't forget about He Man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, Did you yeah. say He-Man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you have, like, it's really weird to, like, because the last big, eh, last two big conspiracies for us in our lifetime is Sandy Hook and 9-11. So, it's crazy. No, wait, back up, clarify that. You're saying the last two big events that have spawned conspiracy theories, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I just I didn't want you to come across as like you saying those never happened oh, yeah, yourself. No, 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 no. I just wanted to clarify no. that no. <laughs> no those events yeah. spawned spawned controversy or yeah, okay. controversial okay. Gotcha. conspiracy theories to where gotcha. they're very popular. This is going to be the next one and we we got to saw, see it happen. Like I mean, how yeah. do you like this the one of the world's most richest guys be involved in something like this him literally going to court like he's going to give a, a testimony? He's probably going to name some names. They're going to find some evidence and, you know, yeah. he turns up dead. Keep in mind, this dude was on suicide watch for two weeks. Then they said, oh, he's doing better. So they took him off them, hit him, them off him, off suicide watch. But the person that was in charge of lifting that suicide watch works for the Trump campaign. And it's like, you shouldn't be near that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. Yeah. Ugh, it's, but I mean, that, so goes, crazy. that goes far beyond. That's kind of sounds like everybody all parties yeah all yeah political parties for are associated, sure you know like everybody's a little guilty in that yeah i mean when you're running with players. the world's elite man you see some crazy mm-hmm. shit man it's right it's, it's kind of like you know uh i've i'm only i'm starting episode three uh the show on amazon which sean got me to check it out the boys and it's kind of the same thing like you get to see the life the life of the superheroes and you're thinking oh glamour and photo ops and like going and saving the world but like they're sociopaths they're fucking they're fuck ups they're mm-hmm. drunks they're fucking losers like there's insane and like it's yeah they're drunk off power yeah so like i mean and it's the same thing when you get into these conspiracy theories and this this elite group of people that run the world like i don't know man it's crazy it's just getting it just gets weirder every day too that's what scares the fuck out of me it's like back in the day, it, you'd have, oh, I don't know, five, ten years, and you'd get another crazy one. But like like I just said, we have 9-11 sparked it. We had um, Sandy Hook spark it. All the other shootings since then, 
you know, mm-hmm. like it's, and then, and then now this, like, it's like, fuck, what else, man? Like, it just keeps coming yeah. and coming and coming. Like, well, and that's what's sad when, when an event like this happens, how much of this is, you know, misguided truth just to throw everybody off the scent. You know, that's where a lot of your conspiracy theories come from. Potentially yeah. is just the, the people who are worried about, you know, getting nipped next. They'll just start spouting off random shit to throw you on all sorts of different trails to get off of theirs. That's true. It reminds me so much, too, of that Pizzagate scandal. You know it? Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Like, in a weird ironic twist, I was reading about somebody saying, you know, it kind of makes it a little easier to believe. Yeah, right. You know, when when this kind of thing goes down, like, maybe it wasn't that hard to comprehend the fact that that's what was going on there. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. It's, it's just insane to see, and it's it's a sobering moment to realize, like, there's a whole, and we're not a political podcast again. We'll get over this pretty quick, guys. Sorry. You were so used to having two factions, your A or B, your us or them. And then, like, for something this big, just to fracture, you know, that thin line between both sides and realize that, like, they're all potentially in cahoots together. That's just really, really sobering. Very true. Well, let's bring it back around, and uh, I'm not going to sober things up anymore, but uh, I'm going to put the cart back on the track with a boom here, okay? My first news story, real news story, guys, is actually going to be a follow-up on uh, that big breaking news of the Phoenix, Arizona um, compound, you want to call it, you know, the, uh, the biological resource center that was busted for doing the black market human body part trafficking. In Phoenix, Arizona, a man says after his mother's body was donated for scientific purposes, he later found out it was sold for blast testing. And forgive us, guys, if one of us giggles, we're not insensitive bastards. It's just this is so sad it's funny in a way, or or maybe so funny it's sad. Blast testing. He said his mother, Dora, suffered from Alzheimer's disease before her death in 2013. Years later, routers report... Years later, a router's report revealed that her body was sold to the U.S. military. Oh, my God. Because, again, that's what you did. You donated the body to science, and this facility was supposedly going to process it for whatever reason, right? Uh, she was then supposedly strapped to a chair. And blow up grandma? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, let's back it up. Years later. You see where this is going. <laughs> okay, hang on. Let's back it up. He said his mother, Dora, suffered from Alzheimer's disease before her death in 2013. Years later, a router's report revealed her body was sold to the U.S. military. She was then supposedly strapped to a chair on some sort of apparatus, and a detonation took place underneath her to basically kind of get an idea what the human body goes through when a vehicle is hit by an IED. Fuck. You see, he received six ounces of her ashes which is kept in a small box. And he says, it makes it hard to reminisce in a joyful way knowing what happened. KNXV reports that Stoffer, this is the guy, uh, is in one of many plaintiffs involved in a suit against the company. The owner, Stephen Gore, pleaded guilty to running an illegal enterprise in 2015, and he received probation. And Stoffer says he stole a lot more than my mom's body. Every time there's a memory, every time there's a photograph, you look at it and there's this ugly thing that happened just right there staring back at you. She will never be forgotten here. Okay, so 
like I don't think they have a case because like them bodies <sighs> like they were told yeah. they were going for science and they uh-huh. if they had to list every single thing that they were doing I mean how do you I mean as twisted as that shit is he should have never been told what happened to his mom's body you, you know yeah what I'm I think so like if you have if you, like if you donate that, they should have some kind of like waiver that you have to sign that says at any point like you can't come and ask us what we did with your body to help with science. Oh yeah, we, like a non-disclosure. You can just say like the area it went into. Like for that would be military safety or something like that, or if it was for cancer research or you know something yeah. like that. Not the specifics. I mean, come on, like, I mean, yeah, what they're doing is to save soldiers' lives to make them. I mean, you know, IEDs are very extremely common and a lot of people lose mm-hmm. a lot of fucking limbs from them. If they could use that in science to withstand blasts on the vehicles they're using, whatever the case may be. I don't know. I'm not a fucking scientist, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you got to use a body to do that, then that what what's better than a cadaver? They're already fucking dead. Like, it yeah. sucks having this chick's mom or this dude's mom. But like these people in in this in this suit against the company, like I don't, there's no way that they, it's gonna be such a fine line. It's gonna be like a morale or a, a, a morals and ethics thing versus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like did we really break the law that we were using it for science? You know, regardless of what I did there, the greasy bastard did with glu- gluing the dicks on the heads and shit. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't remember dicks being glued to heads, but there was all kinds of like crazy the shit there. Who knows what that was? On I know. There. I like the idea. I guarantee you, there was one head with a dick on it. At least I guarantee one. There was one cock. <laughs> At least one. <laughs> Hell, he probably had a baker's dozen of them fucking things. <laughs> there was one cock crown. I guarantee Dude, it for sure. A, a, a crown of cocks. <laughs> Gary, you know what to do. Get the crown of cocks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, like, dude, like... Yeah, whoever fucks up their job the day has to wear the crown of cops. Yeah, what's crazy, though, is that... Can you imagine, like, the video footage of them going through that shit? If you, like, put, like, a fucking VHS filter, it'd look like a fucking Rob Zombie movie. Oh, God, yeah. It'd be crazy. I like to think that place didn't have any security inside. I think everybody probably spray-painted it over the lenses of the cameras a long time ago. No, I'm saying, like, when they discovered it, and they were going through there for evidence... That footage, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. you know, like how House Thousand Corpses show starts up. They're like going yeah, through. Okay. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, the Texas Chainsaw remake. They're like going through yeah. the old old fucking footage. <laughs> I love that stuff, man. Looks all grimy That's and just... fucking old. Uh, eight <laughs> millimeter and eight millimeter and film. film yeah. yeah. Wow, we. But. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, it's, it's one of them things, man. It, it, it's when you first hear the news article, you're like, damn, it sucks. But by the time the end, you're like, oh, okay, now we know why. If they were just putting her in a fucking chair and then just pulling, a, pulling a fucking blast cap off on her, that'd be fucked up. But I mean, <laughs> like those people that make the videos of the uh, airbag deployments yeah. of their friends, yeah, those people doing that to corpses, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I've always said, like donate. I'm, I'm an organ donor. Uh, I don't know why they want any of my shit, but if they need it, it's theirs. And you know, when when I die, like either I'd I'd love to just be buried in the fucking ground somewhere, like out in the field. Fuck it, let the bones yeah. and let 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 the go back to the earth. But that's unfortunately you can't do that. And so the next thing would be cremation. Like you know, I'm yeah. I'm almost to the point where I think it's so. I better shut up. 
<laughs> well, hey, put put a pin in that, and we'll get back to that in October because in October we got some pretty it's pretty interesting stuff we're going to be doing on our shows. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of them is a live embalming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of them is an interview, though, so I got that secured 100%. Oh, so. you did? Keen. Well, good. yeah, I told you about that. Oh, I, well, I, text, we should, I messaged we should, him. He should, messaged me. I'm against it. We should stop with the insider baseball here real quick. <laughs> I'm against it. Okay, well, you should be. <laughs> Fuck you, backseat. You have a landslide here. Okay, so let's move on to news story number two. <laughs> Preston, what are you drinking right now, buddy? Milwaukee's best. Blasted grandma. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric, if you're listening. <laughs> right? Actually, Eric, if you're listening, you might be interested to know that I am drinking a left-hand peach beerlini rattler. <laughs> Actually. Fucking beer snob. <laughs> Eric, it's your birthday, so naturally. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Speaking of, uh, you won't hear this till probably Wednesday or whenever you listen to this, but happy birthday, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. I already told you once a day. Which friend brought up his birthday first? That's true. Good job. <laughs> I have to show you the infamous picture of the tree clam that we took in, huh? What the, in the fuck? I'm a clam. <laughs> anyway, okay, cool. So that brings me to the next news article. Supposedly, this is from CNN. Scientists have made vodka from Chernobyl's exclusion zone, and they say it's safe to drink. An artisan vodka has been produced with ingredients from the Chernobyl exclusion zone, and scientists say it is completely safe to consume. Scientists from the University of Portsmouth created Atomic Vodka, a spirit made with exclusion zone grain and water, making it the first ever consumer product from the area of the abandoned nuclear power plant. And we all know Chernobyl exploded in 1986. The reactor blew up, you know, just killing tons of people over radiation poisoning, blah, 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 blah. Well, you weren't supposed to do anything there. You weren't supposed to do any kind of tourism. You wouldn't, you're not supposed to be working there. There shouldn't be animals there. And you should certainly not eat any food or drink any water. You definitely should from... take a shit there, though. Why? Why? So you can go home and be like, I took a shit in Chernobyl. And the fucking And all I got was this lousy t shirt. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And be like, Oh, what'd you do Chernobyl? Did you go to get close to the No, I took a shit. Like in there. I added my fucking gas to that fucking clouded ass place. This is okay. F- f- finish your story, because I've got a rant here. Go on. Okay, okay. So the team of scientists, <laughs> the team of scientists uh, from Portsmouth in Ukraine brewed the vodka as part of a three-year research project into the transfer of radioactivity to crops grown in the Chernobyl exclusion zone. Jim Smith, who led the project and who has <laughs> conducted research name. for Chernobyl for decades, worked with a team to find out if it was safe to use some of the abandoned land to grow crops. 30 years on after the accident, we found out that it, the area, uh, we found out that, uh, shoot, hang on, let me reread this. It was worded incorrectly. 30 years on after the incident, we found was that in the area, the crops were slightly above the very cautious Ukrainian limit for consumption. So technically, you can't eat those crops. But we thought, well, we've got some grain. Why don't we try making a vodka? Experts diluted the distilled alcohol with mineral water from an aquifer in Chernobyl town, which is 10 kilometers south of the reactor and is free, they say, from contamination. 
The researchers insist the vodka is safe to drink, although the team found some radioactivity in the grain used to make the drink, which is above the Ukrainian limit. They say the distilling reduced impurities to an undetectable level. Hmm. So would you guys drink it? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not an alcohol drinker, but I, I'd, I'd try it. Uh, I don't think I would, man. I don't know. Like, so my thing is, is like, when it comes, you guys are always all into this fucking different types of beer and alcohol mm-hmm. and liquor and shit. Like, it's like they just constantly try to fucking be more edgy. Mm-hmm. There's like there's like edge lords inside the fucking drinking community. Edge lords, it's crazy. Well, like, know, put a have... fucking toe in a fucking drink. Put some fucking radiation in a drink. What's next? Fucking skeet in a drink. Oh, here it is. Skeet vodka. Here it is. <laughs> the next fucking vodka. big thing. Soylent yeah. green vodka <laughs> like, is <what> people. The... <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? No, no, still... Well, you know, there's that alien vodka which is distilled through meteorites, and then uh, you've got wait the one the, the little fucking alien head yeah yeah that's made th- i didn't know that was made through meteorites it's pretty yeah f- that's filtered through meteorites yeah uh, my buddy cool. alex before he moved to uh colorado gave me a little uh miniature one of those i have yeah. it up on my shelf i've always wanted to buy one and just pour the shit out and keep the fucking glass of a jar yeah i mean shit keep keep it in it right i think that's what gives it the green color is the actual i heard i heard the vodka tastes like dog shit but it's green so that's kind of cool <laughs> That a meteorite? And then uh, Dan Aykroyd has uh, Crystal Skull Vodka, too. I don't know how he distills it, but it's supposed to be pretty pretty tasty. But they wanted like $26 for about four shots worth, and I thought that was crazy. Sounds like a Dan Aykroyd thing to do. You don't know. Sounds like a Dan Aykroyd thing to do. The Japanese scientists given the green light to make human-animal hybrids. Animorphs. Awesome. <laughs> right? Hiramitsu Nakachi, director of stem cell biology and regenerative medicine at the University of Tokyo and team leader at Stanford's Nakachi Lab, is the first to receive approval for the questionable experiments which will attempt to grow human cells in a rat and mouse embryos before being brought to term in surrogate animals. Basically, in short, guys, we are looking at the first ever chimera. Yep, that's right. Hmm. Mixing human DNA with animals. The Isle of Dr. Monroe. Yep. What they're trying to do, basically, is mix human cells with animal cells so that we can grow actual viable organs. Because at the rate we are right now, we're needing more organs than we can sustain. We're having more need for actual transplants than we have actual donors for. So they're thinking we can mix human DNA with animal DNA and then grow therapeutic tissue in other animals. It's going to be the beast wars. (laughs) I always say this on the note of conspiracies. If we're hearing news of it and they've been given the green light, that means they've been doing it for freaking years. a long years. time. A long, long time. This just means they finally perfected it. And they've already torched all the failed attempts. Wow. They say, 
If the goal of such studies is to discover a therapeutic application for humans, experiments on lab rats and mice are unlikely to produce useful results because the size of the organ will not be sufficient and the result will be a far cry for humans anatomically. So they're saying basically they're given the green light to do bigger experiments. So I don't know if we're going to see, you know, monkeys with human heads and shit like that, but... Uh, They've been allowed to research the hybrid embryos for some time, but they've been restricted from going past a 14-day growth period. However, back in March, the policy changed when Japan's Education and Science Ministry announced that such creations could now be brought full term. So again, I think that means that we've uh, we've failed. You know, we, we've gone past the failed aborted uh, experiments. We moved on to actual like, yeah, we probably have monkey people. Yeah, dude. Cats with human hands, shit like that. <laughs> I just found another article about that guy. It turns out he does uh, Animorphs fan fiction. <laughs> fucking gross, dude. I'm here all night. <laughs> well, speaking of all night, it's been half an hour into the news. <laughs> All right, everybody, here's a great time to pause before we get into the main subject. All right, so guys, long before the Chinese were trying to make pig-baby-human hybrids, there has always been something, otherworldly entities, if you will, trying to mess with our little babies. Since the dawn of time itself, actually, there's been this terrifying trend that something or someone is stalking, killing, borrowing, or stealing our children right from beneath our noses. It's not Preston? Nope. <laughs> from the love scorned demon Lilith to little woodland fairies and gnomes and even Bigfoot for whatever reason these benevolent entities have had a fascination with our human young for centuries we've learned that the human population has been plagued by the woodland creatures <laughs> the woodland creatures the hidden folk the fae folk and their constant quest has been to steal our young and switch them out for their own but now, that terrifying trend has kind of got a new mascot. And before we get into that, let's talk about the last few creatures that are preying on our young. So first of all, I want to mention the Penangalang from Malaysia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get What a gangster me. name. <laughs> what up, girl? I'm the Penangalang-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. <laughs> <laughs> so this thing is especially creepy, okay? According to Malay legends, once upon a time, a woman was taking a ritual bath of vinegar and honey. But she was startled by an intruder, and as she turned her head to see who was coming in, she spun her head around so fast it fell off, thus spilling the viscera across the floor. And so was born the Penangalan, a dismembered head with dangling entrails flying through the jungle, seeking out young women to steal their fetuses. My God! It primarily preys upon pregnant women and new mothers, lurking about the homes where women are just about to give birth or still within childbirth itself. Ugh. It can squeeze through the cracks of the floorboards and through the walls, 
And after you have a baby, you might hear a strange sucking noise as she's found to be lapping up any afterbirth that is dripped onto the floor with her tongue. Once startled, she'll fly past the mother, kind of like those creepy Medusa heads in Castlevania, (laughs) wrap the tongue around the baby, and then fly into the evening, and you'll never see your child ever again. Hey, didn't we cover this bitch on uh, Cryptid Encounters? I don't know if you should call her a bitch, Preston. (laughs) I think just once we have an episode where you're like, well, I think I might not be offensive this time. Eh, fuck it. (laughs) To be fair, this thing is stealing children, stealing afterbirth, bathing in it. Yeah. And you can't call her a bitch? Yeah. This head that flies through the air. A flying fucking head with entrails. Right? You may call it whatever the fuck you want. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a dastardly <laughs> fiend. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we. I'm pretty sure we did cover it because it's it's. But it's not just the head though, because so this is the this is the entity that was once a lady and she ate the a demonic black chicken and then it turned her into the pangalangadangalang and then at night she detaches from the torso so it's like the bloody stump with the titties and it's like oh. oh! And then, like, that's how you kill it, is you wow. go put salt on the bloody stump in the ground, and then it can't reconnect before dawn, and it's fucked. No, that's, it's not the same entity that's crazy. as clothes. <laughs> Damn. This thing never... Yeah, this thing doesn't have a body. It's just a decapitated but the, head. But she, she turned her head... She spun her neck around so quick that it fell out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, she spun her head, head so quickly out of sheer terror that she basically snapped her own head so off. So basically, the people that... Like, I call them rubberneckers when they go by a wreck. They're like, just, and then I'm like, look at you breaking your neck to see that wreck. God. She, <laughs> you cue the buster rhyme. Yeah. Break your fucking <laughs> neck, boy. <laughs> <laughs> just just bend in that neck to see that wreck or see, oh, see the chaos. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Okay, so that is much like the other creature that stalks Indonesia and Malaysia, the vampiric Pontiac... Pontianac, sorry. Through the blood of any mortal will do, it prefers that of infants and pregnant women. Is this thing related to Chris Pontius from Jackass? (laughs) I don't think so, Party Boy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh shit, that's the that's the tick tick. That's what we covered. No, it's 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 not. You're just trying to make connections. Yeah, he's trying, man. Fucking conspiracy boy over here. (laughs) Yeah. It's all connected. It goes all the way to the top. That's what killed Jerry. Though the blood of any mortal will do, this vampiric fiend prefers that of infants and pregnant women, ripping fetuses straight out of the womb if the opportunity might arise. The Pontianic is said to be the spirit of a woman who died in childbirth as a virgin or at the hands of another creature of its kind. This curse can be averted if glass beads are placed in the victim's mouth, needles placed in their palms, and the soles of their feet, and eggs tucked under their armpits. Its cousin, the Oswing of the Philippines, has similar tastes, using its long fingernails to cut fetuses straight out of a mother. So, I'm starting to think, like, I'd rather have a changeling. Yeah, this shit's crazy, man. Than this kind of creepy shit. 
sweet Christmas. Now, the next one I want to talk about is witches. We all know witches have always been trying to steal children, but here is a creepy little note I found in this book that really makes me think that uh, witches might be my new, uh, I don't know, most feared creature. So, I mean, what do you want to watch? You want to watch Hocus Pocus? You want to watch witches? Whatever. They're always trying to get children, but we never quite figure out why. Well, that's because witches are often... Isn't their youth, right? Exactly, exactly. They're oftentimes found to be very old. That's what the Sanderson systems had. had do you up. know how they make the uh, the sustenance to get their beauty back? Yeah, dude. They fucking cook a kid in a fucking big old cauldron. Yeah. Eat it. Have you not they watched cook... Hocus Pocus, bruh? Well, yeah, but I mean, I... <laughs> They, they'd let you try to connect the dots. I got the gruesome shit right Look here. That, they're like, we need this, this, and this. And then they suck, they <laughs> suck the fucking soul out of it. And then they eat the shit. Fucking Steven bringing the heat. Dude, I love me some Hocus Pocus, man. That's my favorite. I guess, My man. favorite Halloween movies. You have a whole fucking tattoo sleeve of Hocus Pocus? Jeez. <laughs> Come to children. I take tattoo. thee away. Let's go. <laughs> so what they're said to do is take a child, boil it in a cauldron, and then once it makes a thick, frothy soup, they reduce the heat into a paste and then smear the leftover goo from the child's body across their face to get their youthful appearance back. So they don't get that cliche mold nose shit going on? Yeah, it's also said to be a, a great uh, tonic to get rid of moles. Damn. Maybe that's what I need for this fetus on the side of my neck. Have a witch take it. Or whatever it's called. It's like a catch-22. <laughs> I rub the shit on it, but I got to have a witch take it off of it. Oh, so I got to rub that. that I got to rub that. Uh, You're screwed. That substance on it. Substance. Substance. <laughs> Get rid of that thing. <laughs> That'll be the show art. <laughs> my fucking fetus on my neck. You're so fucking crazy. <laughs> Uh, they're said to drink the mixture of the boiled infant and then rub the remaining goo across their face to get back the youthful appearance. Okay, cool. Let's just skip the rest of what I have on witches because Steve's already a forerunning expert on it. Let's talk about <laughs> Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, Whoa, you leave Bigfoot out of this. No, I won't, sir. Let's go to Australia and talk about the Pamir Kawithithi. Or spirit of the land. <laughs> Only children and dogs can see the creature, but they're said they're said they're said to sneak up on small children and take them away into the forest. Or how about the Pankalenki, a large hairy gorilla-like being fond of carrying off women and children? It's unclear if this is connected to the Yowie of Australia, their version of the Bigfoot, but female Palankalenkis often named Araquerti Aranti, that's too scientific for me, is very strong and can alter her appearance to be a beautiful woman or hideous if she chooses. <laughs> she chooses to steal infants because she herself lacks a womb Aww. and can't birth any of her own. That's actually really sad. It is sad. Yeah. Uh, I can tell you guys a story of how I stopped a child abduction once, but I won't get into it. Instead, we'll go to Japan, where the Yamawa Toko, known as the Hairy Tall Mountain Man, very similar to Australia's Bigfoot, have been known to take children as slaves and abduct women for procreation while they relentlessly rip apart the father figures in the families. Damn. 
Yeah. Like a serial killer but Bigfoot. It, yeah, pretty much, man. But somehow, if you manage to outrun that creature, you have to make sure that you don't fall prey to those creatures who are hiding in the water pools in Japan, waiting to drag you under. These creatures are known as the Kappa. They're commonly depicted as humanoids covered in amphibious skin and scales with a shell, a beak, and curiously enough, a water-filled depression on top of their head. They're said to reach up and grab children passing by and drag them down to the pools while they will drown them and eat them. But it's said you can actually kill these creatures if you can hit them hard enough to spill the water <laughs> inside of their head. If the water is spilled or evaporates, the kappa can die. This is similar to a water fairy or a mermaid. Now, all those are fun and, and, and fine and dandy and everything else, but the one in here that I thought was really interesting is one cryptid that I thought was actually one of the lamest, and that's the Thunderbird. Are you guys familiar with Thunderbirds? Hell yeah. My homeboy Preston Nichols saw Thunderbirds out in the Nevada desert. Mm-hmm. When he's building this time machine that he had to get naked in to get into it. Because you can't travel back in time without being naked. Exactly. So, supposedly, there are actually Thunderbirds in New Zealand. Um, they go all the way back to the Maori legends called the Tehokioi, or Tehokioi, a large bird of prey that was known to swoop down and snatch children out of yards and then take them back and devour their brains in their nests. Sounds very similar to pterodactyl. <laughs> exactly, yeah. There have been sightings all across the U.S. and all these other continents of giant thunderbirds being either pterodactyls or large winged uh, feathered birds stealing children. And there's actually a famous case here in the U.S., which is the story of Marlon Lowe. And that's what I want to share with you guys because I don't think we've covered it before. Are you guys familiar at all with Marlon Lowe? Mm-mm. Okay, nope. cool. So, a late summer afternoon, these kids were amongst this game of hide-and-seek, right, near Kickapoo Creek. And they're out having fun with their friends. The parents are grilling steaks on the grill, hot dogs, maybe some kebabs. It's a perfect July evening, around 8 o'clock. The kids are running around having fun, darting this way and that, and running around the sides of the house, you know, out of the parents' vision and then back again. Well, Mrs. Lowe realized she hadn't heard her kid for a little while. Things got real quiet. She started to kind of get worried. And just about the time she stood up to go look for her son, he came flying around the side of the house, screaming like he's being chased by Freddy Krueger. Next thing you know, she doesn't even have enough time to say, Honey, what's the matter? Two gigantic jet black birds came swooping around the corner of the house with long wingspans more than 10 feet across, and bodies nearly five feet long, and these things were basically soaring right behind him. She stood up and took off running towards him, but she was still, you know, too far away. One of these birds swooped down, grabbed him by the back with its claws, wrapped its feet around his arms, and actually lifted him about 30 feet up in the air. Now, apparently... It was very painful, and the boy started wiggling and kind of swooping back and forth, and so the bird actually ended up swooping down and dropping him, and the mother was able to run over and scare the birds away. But this thing was big enough, it actually made some headline news back when this happened. Several neighborhood witnesses actually recalled seeing what happened, 
and the mother said the scariest thing she will never forget is the sight of her son's feet dangling in the air, his little fists hitting the bird's underbelly as it tried to carry it away. Wow. Screw that. That'd be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, and you can... You can find more of that, you know, all over the internet. Apparently, there's news stories and everything else about it. But, yeah, I I never really paid too much attention to that until I realized, like, there's supposedly in the U.S. there are actual documented cases of that. Now, the next one, I want to kind of go on to a bird theme here and talk about La Lachusa. And you guys probably remember that. That is the Owl Witch of Mexico. And I think think, Preston, I don't think, Steve, you were on this show back then, but Presto, you and I talked about me having a, uh, a friend up in uh, down in Texas who actually saw this thing once. Yeah, and then uh, I told a story about the, the farmer that shot it, and then the next morning went out because it was like a, you know, weird owl creature, mm-hmm. and then he's like, get it with your boots, Ted, and shot it with a shotgun, and then it ended up being like an old fucking woman. Yeah. Like weird owl, <laughs> there you go. the polka player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's a bird witch that sometimes looks like Weird Al. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> uh, more recently, Mexican parents warn their children of La Lachusa, an immense owl sometimes seen with the face of an old hag. Descriptions in the lore surrounding her um, are contradictory, but one aspect remains the same. She loves stealing children particularly those who are walking home alone late at night. The legend a la Chusa says it's actually a shape-shifting bruja or witch seeking a replacement for her own baby that was murdered years ago. Like other paranormal beings, she is able to lure away her prey by whistling or crying like a human baby that's in distress. Now, I want you to think about this an owl, Steve. What do owls have in common with the uh, alien? Uh, everything. They're creepy mm-hmm. as fuck. Big fucking eyes. The eyes. The still motions where they can move their just their fucking head. Exactly. Again. That's why I have a three this... foot plaster one up in my up in my retro room. It sits that sits in the silhouette of the of the window, so the, the natural light from the moon shines in. There's this fucking three foot tall. Fucking owl, it's creepy as shit. I love it. <laughs> Fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a little uh, a little reminder here of Lala Chusa and that story we shared. Um, basically, the guy, I don't know if I shared his name or not, but a uh, guy I know down in Texas, he and his wife live down in the small town. They are, uh, you know, very honest, hardworking, God-fearing folks. And one night, the gentleman was walking around the park across the street. Um, there's like a park the size of a city block across the street from their house. And he said one night he was out walking around and he just happens to glance over in this tree that he passes by every night. And up in this tree, he says this giant, like three foot owl sized, you know, owl shaped bird with the face of an old woman. And uh, he said he looked at it and had just enough time to realize what it was. And he quickly turned his head and walked as quickly as he could away from it. You know, I, I don't remember if he said he was saying a prayer as he did so, but he knew basically to get the fuck out of there. And uh, when he went back to work, he was talking to one of his work buddies who was, uh, you know, uh, from Mexico, Hispanic gentleman. And he says, yeah, that's uh, that's La Lechusa. That's the owl witch. And apparently she was sitting out in a tree across the street from a man's house. And a man was known to be running around on his wife uh, in the small little town. So somebody thought that maybe either um, someone did a spell or La Lechusa herself just heard of this man's... uh, 
you know, uh, misdoings and was watching this guy outside of his house. That's crazy, dude. It's it's creepy and like it's one thing to get a story from somebody and you're like, ooh, that sounds spooky, but to not really prod too much for this story and just for you know for this guy just to openly tell me about this. When I said, hey, you know, uh, I've got this podcast. We talk about weird stuff. Uh, have you ever heard anything weird, you know, any any weird lore in, you know, in this town? Or have you ever experienced anything crazy? And and expecting to hear them say, I don't believe in all that, you know, ghost stuff and aliens. But for him to be like, yeah, one time I seen a bird witch. And just to have him tell me the story just as stone cold serious as can be. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty chilling. It, it's pretty weird. You know, it's a. Uh, Definitely kind of chills the blood a little bit there. So, uh, I don't know what I'd do. So I remember when we were, we were driving, we were listening to that podcast, mm-hmm. Coast to Coast, I think it was, and that shit with that big wow, that shit fucked me up, man. I don't know what I, I don't know what I'd do if I seen that type of shit. I don't either, dude. I don't either. Well, tales of these creatures and similar have been told for centuries, intertwined amongst our folklore and urban legends. But something more sinister has been recently entering our periphery and has actually rocketed far past tales told by campfires and secured its place in our pop culture and our psyche. While we see the same trend occurring in modern days of child abductions, we have a new villain in the piece, and it's known as the Alien Grey. And something that's really strange about these alien abductions and where this whole book kind of goes is... We've grown up hearing folklore about, you know, fairies taking away kids and stay out of the fairy rings and don't pick berries in the forest and stuff like that. But these kind of really directly mirror the modern day alien abduction stories that we've been hearing since, you know, recently, like the 20s and 40s and really, really hit pop culture around the 60s with Betty and Barney Hill. So something that's odd, too, you know, we talk about fairies being goblins and gnomes and bigfoots and sprites and headless uh or i'm sorry bodiless floating heads with entrails you've got the same kind of trend going with aliens because we've got a lot of abduction stories where you have insects reptilians hairy dwarfs blue guys with hoods robots nordic blondes and everything in between so what's really strange and has to be noted here is that these folklores and this phenomenon has really just changed, and instead of coming up from the ground, they're coming down from outer space. And something that needs to be noted here as well, which kind of further cements this idea, is there's a lot of similarities like fairy rings themselves and berry picking. And, you know, we think about a fairy ring, it's said to be a ring of mushrooms out in the forest. You don't want to step inside of it because you might not ever be seen again. Or if you stumble inside of it or you disrupt it, you might be whisked away to another dimension. This is eerily similar to crop circles. And, you know, people say don't go near crop circles because, again, they're formed by UFOs. But you also have to think as well, you know, when fairies have visited, you have a ring of mushrooms and stones This is pretty similar to whenever a UFO lands from outer space, supposedly it leaves a burnt or charred ring of radioactive matter. So it's almost kind of like the same thing. Once visited, that same circle pattern is left. And then we also have the phenomenon of, you know, fairies abducting children and taking them down below to these underground realms where they're mining gold and have, you know, all these whole utopian societies set up. 
you've got that same exact pattern, except for with abduction cases, you've got kids being taken away to other planets. But again, they're being whisked, uh, whisked away and shown, you know, other societies, other animals, all, you know, these distant faraway lands. So it's almost kind of like the same exact things happening just from a different creature. Or maybe it's the same entities just with a different mask. So we'll talk about this um, explicit event first, kind of known as the Pied Piper. Several children of Sherry Heath in England encountered an unsettling figure one afternoon in the school playground in 1995. And again, this is a modern-day account. They described while they were playing a tall, red-eyed creature wearing a suit covered in badges. The figure pointed at the children and declared he wanted them. He appeared to carry some kind of flute. While standing there in his, you know, forgive the pun, alien appearance, he began to play the flute, which confused the children, and they found themselves slowly drifting towards the man at the edge of the forest. And they couldn't help themselves. The melody was just really sweet, and they found themselves getting closer and closer and closer. And then suddenly a teacher came around the corner of the building and hollered at the kids to come back inside because class was starting. They were able to kind of shake themselves away, and when they came to, the creature was gone, and so was the melody. And that is very much close to being pixie-led by the pixies playing music, causing your feet to dance and not be able to uh, control where you're going. Now, um, let me go over some selected cases here from the book that I found to be really interesting here. So, in 1964, the Lund family began seeing a spinning top-shaped craft hovering over their um, Montana farm in Missoula. A three-and-a-half-year-old grandson named Kyle regularly conversed with a man with an unpronounceable name near their barn. Likes to drink monster energy drinks and punch drywall. Ah, oh, fuck that meme. <laughs> this meme's so fucking dumb. So uh, the family said what was strange is the little boy would run off, and they're on a farm, so keep that in mind. You know, the kids are running around. It's 1964. No one really cares yet what their kids are doing. And the kid would oftentimes disappear for hours on end and all of a sudden come running back up to the house. And the parents would say, you know, where have you been? Oh, my God, we haven't been able to find you. And as a three-year-old would, he would just babble on about how, oh, I was down by the barn, by the big barn playing with the man. And they could never understand what his name was. It was just very unpronounceable. And they didn't know if it was something foreign or just, you know, a three-year-old babbling. Now, on October 7th, 1979, two Canadian brothers, aged seven and six, found themselves under the care of their 14-year-old cousin. Later, as the evening approached, the older boy noticed an escalating hum accompanied by a large disc hovering above the trailer they were inside of. Blocking the noise with a pillow, the witness and his cousin lost sight of the youngest sibling. They looked outside and saw the young boy standing underneath the craft's light. Their next memory was of a saucer drifting away, followed by the mother and aunt returning home, just in time for the young boy to be found laying outside having a seizure. Mm -hmm. According to researcher John Mack, on October 29, 1992, a two-year-old named Colin began telling his mother of the scary owl with the big eyes, which 
fell out of the sky and attacked him. It approached him and made him eat some food. The young boy regularly told his mom, I don't want to go back on the spaceship. I was born there and fell from the stars. I was born on a spaceship and it was dark, mommy. Ugh, can you imagine being told that by your kid? Uh, nope, that's called goosebumps and shitting your pants. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, that's messed up. Now, another case has to do with a young boy named Sam. Sam was plagued by nightmares of bright lights and loud noises since the age of five and began hypnotherapy sessions with Yvonne Smith in the 1990s. Among several instances, he recalled events and one specific incident at the age of 10 when he recalled being levitated from his bed into a brightly lit space. Multiple short entities with what he called watery eyes would make him disrobe regularly and then inserted a flexible cable into his rectum before returning him home. In 1994, three Chilean boys reported to have their abduction happen in December. The three boys, aged 7, 8, and 9, claimed that with six other witnesses, an unidentified craft sucked them up into a blue light beam. Over the next three days, the boys toured the universe with a silver-haired man referring to himself as a god who claimed his name was Lalar. Before returning them home, they reported that he scraped their face with an unknown tool and stuck, him, stuck them in the back with a needle. Fucking oh, that, gross. Ew, yeah. yeah. In 1995, researcher John Carpenter interviewed a mother who said one day she came in to check on her daughter who was taking a nap when she discovered a thin white being near the one-year-old daughter's crib at the foot of her bed. Under hypnosis, she said that she and the father independently each recalled being paralyzed and helpless to watch as a small being appeared out of a red portal and lifted their baby from its crib. Wow. Oof. Fuck that shit, man. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. It's it's pretty creepy. So another another trend here that kind of really connects the dots between aliens and fairies. UFOs, like fairies before them, are obsessed with children. Open-minded researcher Janie Randalls notes that late in the 70s, the affinity that UFO phenomenon has for schools and school children is pretty vast. Her explanation for this is that basically... Like fairies, aliens and UFOs have a lot of interest in children because of something to do with their age. Between the age of 10 and 14 years old, they have a higher sensitivity because their brains haven't fully developed. They have keener hearing, keener eyesight, and etc. All these things tend to diminish with age after their teens. And also what's strange is because of their sense uh, they say it's sensual, but meaning like their senses, because of their faculties and parents knowing that they tend to change, they're harder to believe when things happen to them. One of the most striking UFO sightings was at a school in September 16, 1994, in Ruwa, Zimbabwe. Now, this is a very famous case we might talk about some other time. 62 children from the aerial school, known as the Aerial Incident, they were playing outside when up to five craft were spotted flirting throughout the skies. One of the craft alit on an edge of the campus from where two small humanoids emerged. 
According to some of the students, the beings had long black hair, large eyes, they did not have a nose, and had small slits for mouths. Several of the children received telepathic messages conveying the fragility of Earth's environment before the beings took off in their craft. The incident bears a passing resemblance to the sighting from the 1940s where a superintendent and 45 children observed the Menahuni, Hawaii's indigenous fairies, playing across the street from their school in an empty field. Most alien abductions are reported between the age of 6 or 7 years old, though kidnapped infants are not unheard of. Can you imagine being at recess, Steve, and just seeing a giant fleet of UFOs fly across the sky and one landing across the street? You're fucking insane, dude. There's no way. <laughs> Your dreams would come true. Yeah, it'd be, it'd just be, it'd be so liberating. <laughs> but as a right. kid and not knowing what the fuck that is, man, you'd be more interested than scared. Or yeah, interested dude. Than scared. Yep. So what's strange here in the fact that a lot of kids are being abducted around five, six, seven years old is a lot of researchers say you have to take into the uh, you have to take into account the fact that at five and six and seven, a lot of kids don't really know too much about pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, not a lot of kids are watching, you know, X-Files. Not a lot of kids are watching sightings or documentaries and stuff like that. I think I probably was. I don't know if you guys were. But they say what's interesting is a lot of this stuff is coming from children who don't quite have the imagination to make up the same story across, you know, the world. Because all these cases are very much the same. A craft lands, a creature comes out with big eyeballs, they're flown away, they're put on a table, they have a lot of experiments done to their, you know, their bottom region, a lot of stuff going in their butts, a lot of rectal probes, stuff like that. And it seems to be a really strange coincidence for all these kids from all these different cultures, all reporting to have the same exact instance happening to them. And then back in 1959, David Pile, then seven years old, said he saw a UFO hovering above a circular clearing in Whiting, New Jersey. I looked up and saw a grayish circular object about 300 feet above me. The object hummed like a very high-pitched electrical motor, rooting him to the spot. He recalled not being able to move, but hearing his mother calling him home. It was about 6 p.m. in the evening, and I had missed supper. Henceforth, he experienced strange apparitions, afflictions, and psychic abilities. The clearing, described to Peely, was a perfect circle, <laughs> perfect circle devoid of any small trees or rocks, and it brought to his mind a UFO landing site, but the resemblance to a fairy ring was equally noteworthy. So again, that's that, uh, that pattern reoccurring that somebody, again, was abducted from a circular area. Now, other fantastic stories have been reported by children who have claimed to be visited by aliens, um, such as a Russian schoolboy, Maxim Zirkov. Zirkov said that after a tennis match he had back in 1990, later that day, two tall, helmeted, hu- <laughs> helmeted humanoids in a spherical craft whisked him away to a treeless planet they lived in. There were no buildings, but the being showed Zirkov silent people, or what they said were the souls of humans who had passed away. The aliens then parachuted Zirkov back to Earth, where he was found to be pale and speechless. 
He went on to say, the creatures described to him, this is where the human soul goes after it passes away. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And then a story I think we'll kind of finish up on here, which is really strange to me. I just recently heard about this. Have you heard of a woman by the name of Hillary Porter from over in England? Mm-mm. Nope. Hillary Porter actually was part of the Ministry of Defense over in England for quite some time. And she loudly and proudly, at 67 years old, says she has been visited by creatures from other worlds more times than she can count, including once when she was near Cardiff. I've been an alien abductee all my life, Hillary said. I didn't choose this life, I didn't ask for any of this, but it has been happening for as long as I can remember. First close encounter she can recall came when she was five years old and playing along the grass in a field behind her home. Suddenly there was a reptilian alien in front of me. He had scaly skin, black holes in the nose, and a little mouth. It wasn't very tall, maybe five feet, but very strong. It grabbed my arms and pulled me towards the disc in a depression in a field. It dragged me underneath and into a lift where a door slid closed. The next thing I knew, I was in a room with consoles and colored lights and little figures buzzing around. Hillary, who once worked at the Ministry of Defense, is sure she was abducted while, dri- while driving near Cardiff in the 1970s and again by a hexagonal spacecraft while hanging out bunting at a charity event. She claimed an alien broke into a top-secret laboratory (laughs) at a local Marconi plant while she worked there in 1974. After abductions, Hillary said that she suffers migraines and feels very ill. Sometimes she wakes up with a fresh scar or a fresh bruise, or there's bloody marks or stains on her clothes or her bedsheets. She claims publicly that she has a metal implant in her ear and says the doctor said it was wax, but I can feel it. My partner, Ken, has a monitor that he can use to detect bugging, and my ear, the metal, puts off a ding-ding-ding anytime he puts it near me. Hillary will tell the full story of her multiple abductions on the Almat conference. Oh, we'll leave that part out. Of course, there are skeptics and people who laugh at us, but it doesn't bother me. Just because they haven't seen it with their own eyes doesn't mean it's not true. We've all had people from right across the spectrum tell us about their experiences, from university graduates to businessmen. They can't all just be stupid. Hillary used to work as a draftsman and an artist for the MOD, Ministry of Defense, and decided to record her encounters by drawing them. One of her pictures shows her as a little girl being dragged forwards towards a spaceship. Another sketch in 1980 shows a shadowy figure standing just outside her window. Sorry, I had just put my daughter Sally to bed and came downstairs. I spotted a huge figure by the window, and I froze. After a few moments, he raised his hand, and I did the same. After that, I wasn't quite, after that, I wasn't quite so frightened. I thought he wasn't going to hurt me. Then he glided to the back of the garden. He moved so fast. Whoosh! Then he shot sideways, paused for several seconds, and then he was gone. For years, she suffered alone until a crisis abduction in 1994, when she says she was shown flashbacks of previous encounters. Pushed to the brink, she started looking for other people with similar stories. 
That's when she met partner Ken Parsons, who runs the British Earth and Aerial Mystery Society, or BEAMS. <laughs> That's convenient. She met more abductees and someone who can recall many experiences. As someone who can recall many experiences, she began counseling them. Finding someone else who's understood me was so important. You know you're not all off your trolley. Ken said he believes the aliens were visiting our planet to take genetic material for breeding purposes. There are greys, the ones everybody recognizes, but they're just a servant. The reptilians are the higher beings, and then there are humanoid types too. But there is something above them, cowled figures. You can't look at them, their eyes shine, and when, you, when they look at you, they blast a message into your mind. They tend to take females more for their eggs and genetic material for breeding purposes. We believe they are making a cross between aliens and humans. Hillary of Frankenborough says her abductions have grown less frequent, but strange phenomenon still plagues the area around her home, which has a spectacular view over the Hampshire skyline. She says she's seen hovering triangular shapes, bright lights, and flying formations, which she has photographed. She dismisses the idea that it could be military planes from Farborough, Air Force Base, insisting they look and sound different. That's trippy. So that's pretty intense. And if you guys go to that link, you can uh, you can see one of her drawings she did of it looks like some creatures in her bedroom, maybe. Like a gray mm. crawling across the floor towards her and then some other standing off next to one of those cloaked beings, maybe. It's nuts, man. But yeah, so I mean, there you go. A lot of ties to fairy and, and fae. Uh, people encounters to modern day UFO abductions. Hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> we abducted everybody up in here. Yeah. So, yeah, but there you have it. Thieves in the night. Anal probe for you. <laughs> anal probe for you. Yep. And Steve, double fisted anal probe. Mm. Yep. Two for you. <laughs> That's why we call you Big Steve. <laughs> right. Two. Better make it. <laughs> so, I think that pretty much does it, but I want to kind of bring things back home with a listener story that was recently submitted to us. And what's kind of odd is this listener story is pretty personal to me because it comes from a, um, a childhood best friend of mine. It's from a listener named Cody, who Steve, currently he's got like a, what, a long-haul truck driver? Yeah, something like that. For lack of Drives better, trucks, Cody, if we yeah. got that wrong, just shoot me a message, but So, Cody listens. What's that? He drives a big rig. Yeah, he drives as far a big, as I he, know. He drives a big old truck. Yeah. But yeah, so he recently started listening to the show, and he wrote in, and I'm going to read this email to you. Cody says, so I just started the glorious deep dive that is your podcast, and in episode zero, when Sean started telling ghost stories about when he was a kid in his basement, it made my skin crawl. I didn't know if you remember this, and he's, so he's directing this towards me. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember the only time I stayed at your house when we were kids, Boy Scout days. We fell asleep on your trundle bed in the basement, so that's what we call a day bed, basically like a bed my dad made into a couch. We fell asleep on the trundle bed in the basement playing Super Nintendo. I remember you telling me how much your brother's room creeped you out, especially his closet area. And uh, yeah, big surprise. Uh, my brother's probably listening. Yeah, your your bedroom creeped me out. Uh, I woke up <laughs> in the middle of the... <laughs> I, I swear I saw on multiple occasions 
Um, God, this is creepy, especially if you never saw it. Uh, I swear on a few occasions I saw what looked to be a shadowy man in your bedroom. Mm. Yeah. So let's get back to it real quick. Cody says, I remember you telling me how much your brother's room creep you out, especially the closet area. I woke up in the middle of the night, and I believe it was storming because I remember turning off the TV and laying back down and looking into your brother's doorway. When a flash of lightning hit, I saw a tall man standing in his room in front of the small basement window. And I'm assuming my brother wasn't there, because a lot of times if I had a friend stay the night, that was because my brother went somewhere else for the evening, like to a friend's house. I woke you up, and we checked it out, and no one was there. I also remember a very bad feeling when I came in to use the restroom once, one night at a Boy Scout camping trip at the lake that had been canceled because of a big storm. I rode back in with you and your dad. I remember feeling overwhelming. I remember feeling the overwhelming feeling that something just wasn't right until I got back outside. Sorry for the long trip down memory lane, but listening to your stories at 2 a.m. driving down the highway made me think of my experience in your house and creeped me out enough that I had to turn the cab light on in the big rig and check the empty sleeping area of the truck I was driving. Just in case, lol. I got to episode 5 tonight, I dig what you guys are doing, and I should be up uh, to current episodes in just a few weeks. Keep the good content coming, Cody. So first of all, Cody, thanks for the good words, man. I really appreciate that. We appreciate that. But it's funny because it opened up a can of worms. I kind of had forgot a little bit about that instance when, when he stayed the night with me. But I certainly remember like being creeped out and him waking me up and uh, just going in there looking for weird shit. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, I had, yeah, I had seen a few times in the basement uh, what I thought was a man, uh, you know, tall, shadowy figure. So I remember once my brother and I, we had bunk beds when we were little, and my dad had built them so when we got older, we could separate them, and I could have a bed in my room, and my brother could have a bed in his room. And my brother decided to keep his bed elevated because he had the top bunk, so he kind of used the uh, underneath it for like a little storage area or, you know, whatever. And uh, my brother and I were up in his bunk watching TV or something. He had a little black and white TV, and uh, my parents got pissed off because we were awake and at the time, we only had a staircase going up the back of the basement to the laundry room. We didn't have a front staircase going down. And I remember my mom hollered down at us and told me to come, you know, come upstairs. And so I was walking, I was climbing down his ladder and looking into the, uh, the family room where Cody was describing us laying. And I remember seeing a shadow of a man walking across the basement cast up on the wall um, of the light shining down from the back stairway. And I remember it was so creepy because I couldn't see a man. I just saw a shadow casted on the wall of a man walking by. And it just scared me so bad. I remember I screamed, fell off the last two rungs of my brother's uh, bunk bed and ran upstairs. And my mom and dad were trying to console me. And I remember just being so just terrified and then thinking like, oh, fuck. Like, my brother's still in his room. <laughs> like, I'm upstairs now and my brother's downstairs and this thing is downstairs. And I remember my dad just swearing to me that it had to have been my shadow being cast from outside behind me, basically, on the wall. But it was weird because, like, this thing, the shadow is bigger than, you know, a person would be, if that makes sense. Like, twice the height of a person. It was just fucking enormous. But, yeah, anyway, That's thanks crazy. for that can of worms, Cody. <laughs> 
But um, Co- Steve, you want to tell a little story real quick about Cody and his truck, or should we not tell that story? Uh, we can, yeah, I'm sure we can mention it. It's pretty. I mean, I think it's pretty crazy. So he basically, I woke up from a nap one day, and he's just like, oh, "There's a message on my phone saying that hey, I almost got into a, I almost got into a wreck uh, listening to your show. Holy shit, that was scary." Well, I just woke up, so like when I read it, I was like, "Holy shit, he got in a wreck!" And then I was like, and then I reread it, and I was like, "Oh, okay, thank God." But apparently, when he was driving, yeah, because you text us, yeah, and I'm like, "Oh my God, like that is he okay?" Because yeah. I misread your text as well. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then apparently he was listening, got creeped out, and then when he got creeped out, he uh, uh, because the sun visor. Some some napkins or some papers or something dropped from there right when he was listening when he was driving down the road and it fucking scared him. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my god, that's fucking that's fucking crazy, man. Yeah, bring in the heat. That's what we do. Bring in the heat. Well, you guys got anything else to add, or is it safe to say we're done with that? Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, Cody, if you're only on episode five, like. Wow, it gets better, way better. So if you think it's great now, like you're going to be mind blown by the time you get to episode 110, whatever we're on. Oh, I I got the message saying, uh, "Hey man, listening to the show, but this audio is a little rough." <laughs> I was like, "Trust me, it it does get better." Yeah, it, it got a lot better. So, but yeah, he he did concur that it got better. But yeah, man. Yeah, once we once we got past Rob wanting to record only on. Uh, Skype, yeah, the audio got better, yeah, most definitely. But yeah, thanks for listening, Cody. Thanks for the kind words, dude. And uh, I think we're hopefully gonna sit down sometime with him and maybe see what else we can remember from growing up and and maybe catch some personal stories of his as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's pretty badass, and we really appreciate that. So yeah, cool, hell yeah. Well, any idea what the next show is gonna be about, boys? Because I feel like Thieves in the Night is fun. But the book, while it is a great deep dive in the subject, was not quite what I thought it was going to be. So I, I, I realized it's going to be aliens. It's going to be okay. aliens. Okay. Daddy's Daddy's going to take the wheel for an episode, <laughs> and I haven't decided which book I'm going to cover. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's going to be alien aliens aliens definitely aliens. I'm not saying it was aliens, but probably aliens. <laughs> so did you fluff your hair up, put your hands out? Yeah. Like a five-dollar <laughs> foot long? <laughs> not saying aliens, but aliens. Nice. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Well, let's uh, let's plug some stuff. Steve, what do you want to plug, man? Uh, you check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. And you can check out our Facebook, at Pixelated Paranormal. Get on there. We post some stuff sometimes. Um, you can see the visual fucking what do you call it visual campaign that we do yeah just pretty fun it always gets a lot of a lot of update and stuff so other than that i mean it's basically that's all there is to plug for me i think sweet all right check out mark solo show pixelated sausage check out his video game reviews attack the backlog and also uh, i will ma- i will mention this again you don't have to. We're not begging. Uh, we do have a Patreon. If you feel like throwing a few shillings at that, you're more than welcome to. Don't feel bad if you can't. You don't get anything for it. We will never give you free content. Or, I mean, we will never give you content. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> yeah, take that. We will never <laughs> give exclusive paid-for content. All that is is just if you want to throw a few pennies, you're welcome to. Um, otherwise, uh, Preston, what's my favorite race car podcast? 
Sports Cars Unleashed. There you go. All right, buddy. What do you want to plug? Listen, people. Forget weird kinky sex with flamethrowers from World War II. If you need a beard, if you want a beard, if you want to grow a beard that's simply going to catch the house on fire from the waft coming <laughs> coming off of it, check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com. With scents like sweet tobacco, citrus, uh, Dundee cedar, classic mint. Mint will make your toes curl. Mint will Use help promo cool you down code. after that fire you start. That's right. Use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. Get oils, get bombs, get combs, get hats, get patches. Get it all at Big Dobbs and get 20% off on us. Boom. From us. There you go. Just don't get off on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and speaking of beards and mustaches and facial hair, guys, uh, this Saturday night, that is the... 17th. Thank you. That is the 17th. August 17th, Saturday night, in here in Wichita, Kansas, the middle of the map mains and music charity event. It is a steampunk-themed charity event, beard and mustache competition. They're going to have 12 different categories like freestyle, like goatee, like whaler, full beards, three inches all the way up to 12 plus. The proceeds are going to go towards Lexi's Lamb. It's a great organization, raising some money for a really great uh, fundraiser here, and it's going to be pretty badass. Facial hair competition. And holla at you boys, because we're both going to be there representing. We are going to be there. Farley's going to be there. Izzy is going to be there. Lana's going to be there doing some great art. It's going to be a lot of fun. When so is, come when check is us this out again? if you guys want to. This is this Saturday, the 17th. Oh, yeah, I saw that that thing. Wish I could go. Yep. And I do believe, I think it's uh, five bucks to just come check it out. I believe it's 20 bucks to actually uh, participate. And I think yeah, registration yeah. starts at 3 p.m. And I think the event starts at five, goes till eight. So come check it out, Hunter Boys. And uh, otherwise, I think that's pretty much it, right? That's all I got. Groovy. All right. Well, guys, we'll catch you all next time. Stay lit. I'm joking. God. You can take it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Uh, stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.